Hello! Welcome to Center Saint Sister. This is a space where spirited, hurting, searching, faithful people come together and ask hard questions and listen to some really wise people share about how they have lived life deeply. If this episode spoke to you, I hope that you leave a review and subscribe. You can visit YouTube slash Allison Sullivan for some really fun extras. I hope you hear something today that lets you know you are loved and helps you love one another. Welcome to Center Saint Sister. There's this picture of me standing in my kitchen with my head thrown back in a laugh. Two of my best girls are wrapped around my middle. What the picture doesn't show are my pants around my thighs because I really had to go to the bathroom so bad, but my zipper was stuck and my husband had to rip them off of me. I had just run out of the bathroom, rifled through some drawers for pliers, threw them to my husband and said, bust me loose when my girlfriends barged in and tackle hugged me right in the middle of my kitchen. You see, a couple of hours before, I read a group text where everyone knew about a party, except for me. Long story short, I felt invited as an afterthought. Actually, I wondered if I had just invited myself. Would I have even known people were getting together if I hadn't coincidentally texted everyone? Would they have had the party without me, I thought? I think they would have, I convinced myself. I stewed. I pouted. I recalled every nice thing I'd ever done every slight I'd ever experienced, I magnified all of that. And then I sent a passive-aggressive text. Hmm, maybe it was aggressive-aggressive. About thanks but no thanks to sympathy invites. I looked at my husband teary-eyed and I told him I needed a taco. I ignored the question marks and confused apologies and explanations that came in via text as I distracted myself with queso. I dodged my husband's clarity-seeking and benefit-of-the-doubt-giving while I ordered another margarita. Some time went by. Ah, time. I took some deep breaths. I prayed a few desperate prayers, exhausted by my own self. I felt miserable and embarrassed. I didn't know what would come next, but I knew that I had been rash. We drove home in silence. I rushed into the house because I really had to go to the bathroom and I couldn't get my pants down. So I begged my husband to rip them off me with pliers. And the next thing I knew, I was in the middle of a tackle hug. My girlfriends giggling and telling me that they loved me. My head thrown back, laughing with relief that tit for tat was not on the agenda that day. Instead, just a farsightedness that took in a whole picture and loved well. My husband snapped the shot. It was quite the moment. There are moments of grace that are too big to put words to. He knew a picture was really the only thing that would capture it completely. In this picture, this hug will always say, the three of us, we are aware of each other's shortcomings, but there's always a place for you here. I see you for all that you are, and I love you anyway. I felt left out, and I threw a temper tantrum. And instead of defending themselves because my friends did not, in fact, leave me out, they rushed to my house, they barged into my kitchen, and they told me the truth. They told me that they loved me. And the thing is, there are no bells and whistles here. We're ki we kind of accidentally became each other's people. Sometimes our families stare at the same television watching some game no one really cares about without one word. And other times, we rush over, sirens on, because someone is hurting. But we didn't plan it that way. We just put ourselves in each other's lives and believed that it made a difference. And it does. 
I tell the truth a little more often these days, and it's costly. It's costly because honesty is exposing and efficient. This day, I told the truth that my feelings were hurt. I certainly didn't do it well at all. I covered up hurt with anger because it's my bad habit. I'm working on it. And because I despise my own poverty. And I'm not saying that every time you reveal yourself, people will show up for you in just the right ways. I've had plenty of misses. Honesty is costly and efficient. But I am saying that we can put ourselves in each other's lives and believe that it makes a difference because it does. Heather Thompson Day coaches us towards relational resilience in her new book that she wrote with her husband, Seth, I'll See You Tomorrow. Together, they take us through the benefits of seeing ourselves and each other clearly and choosing grace and perseverance over fight or flight. And when I read this question that Heather asked, is one moment of being left out canceling the years of being brought in? Is disappointment determining our futures when maybe it shouldn't? I knew that I needed to pay closer attention. Her book, This Conversation, is just what this crestfallen world needs right now as we try to put our lives and our relationships back together. This conversation offers a little help and a lot of wisdom around the beauty and complication of relationship and what it takes to see you tomorrow. Sinners, saints, sisters, do you need a speaker for your event? Do you need someone to lead your retreat? It would be all my joy to serve and spread God's love to you and the people you gather with compassionate leadership, Bible-based teaching, authentic life stories, and a lot of laughter at heart. You can reach me at sinnersaintsister at gmail.com. Hello, Heather. It is such a joy to have you on the show. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Sinner Saint Sister. My honor. Happy to be here. Thank you. I um I just read I'll see you tomorrow. Okay. Um I've read two of your books now and I we have such similar hearts. I feel like there are a lot of similar friendship experiences that have shaped you that um in similar situations shaped me also. And while I would love to go through all of them <laughs> on a couch with you sometime, um <laughs> we are very much on a podcast and other people are listening. But um one of the <laughs> one of the things um that I love about you is how much you love and respect young adults, young people. Yeah. I also I live in a college town and they are some of my favorite humans on the planet. I think that there's something about being young and searching, but then having a little bit of life experience to have some wisdom too. And the combination of both is just awesome. I love absolutely. So thank you for your important work with them. Thank Um, you. So Heather, you are a speaker. You're a bestseller. You contribute to Christianity Today and you host Viral Jesus. Um, You're also an associate professor at Andrews University in communications. Is that right? Yes. That's right. Um, And as I read your books, I feel like you are a very gifted storyteller um, and you do such a good job of walking us through um, complex emotions. And Mm. I feel like I'll See You Tomorrow came to me at just the right time. Um, I loved your husband's edition. Um, That's that's another way we're similar is that you and I have similar personalities and our husbands have similar personalities. Oh, isn't that interesting how we find each other, (laughs) the opposite? Yes. Um, And so I... 
I would love for you, people who aren't familiar with your work or haven't read your books yet, um, I would love for you to introduce yourself, if you don't mind, by telling us yeah. a little bit about who and what you love. Oh, um, so I, well, just in answer to that question, the first thing that pops into my mind is Taylor Swift. <laughs> Right on. <laughs> <laughs> I I love Taylor Swift and I Especially really love lately, right? Like Well, no, I'm I mean, like a Swifty from Are you from Generation okay. Zero? I mean, I am way far back. Teardrops yeah. on my guitar. I knew okay. Taylor Swift. I was da- I was illegally downloading Taylor Swift songs on my Napster nice. in high school. See, so I I've been here a long time. Good for I understand. you. I needed convincing because I feel naturally rebellious. It's not a noble at all but I feel rebellious about things that everyone loves okay. like I I couldn't love new kids on the block like they gotcha. had to be, you know so I I needed distance but then she really won me over so yes yes and that, I will say I loved Taylor when nobody yeah when it was absolutely not cool to love Taylor yes. Swift I I am a yeah. fan from the, she, when so she had a bad loved, reputation and yeah, so you, you the song's about I was there you. for her <laughs> I was there for her. Um, and I I guess what I love right now, I'm loving Midnights. I'm also reading a book right now called Wintering by mm. Catherine May that is phenomenal. So I'm loving that right now this. too. Okay. Okay. It's Thank so you. Good. Yeah. I'll, I'll be sure to check that out. I feel like it has come really highly recommended a couple of times now. Yes. Take this as your neon sign. That, right, that right, right. Yes. It's fantastic. That's the holy nudge to just yes. go ahead and do it. Okay. So Heather, in... I'll see you tomorrow. You take on this topic of relational resilience mm-hmm. and the way that you do it. First of all, it's so sorely needed, of course, because yeah. this this COVID pandemic brought about this loneliness epidemic. Yeah. Um, and so um, we're we're living all disconnected. Everything, everyone is struggling. This is not unique to anyone. And on one hand, we're we're craving that everything would just go back to normal. But then on right. this other hand, we have all these new boundaries. We have all these, you know, new rhythms. And um, we, I think that it's fair to say that so many of the people that I know and love, myself included, just feel a little bit aimless, you know, mm. of, of knowing how to kind of let the dust settle. And yeah. um you bring so much wisdom to this topic, but you also leave so much room um, for people. So. Yeah. For people to honor what's good and true and healthy for them. Um, and so you have these, these two quotes that I would like to just, okay. that really hit me deep. And one of them was, we are making snap judgments based on one incident. Yeah. We have one, mo- one moment of being left out is canceling years of bring, being brought in. Yeah. And so that idea or that quote is kind of vying for um, the resilience to stay, you know, the yeah. grit to just let's let's hunker down and work this out. And then you have this other quote that is, you know, no is a complete sentence. And yeah. um, that really kind of honors what it is that we're for or against or what is healthy for us or, or whatever. Um, and I feel like with those two ideas or with those two things, we can be a little lost about when to say what. And your book really gets pretty specific about all of that. What led you to write it in the very first place? Oh, goodness. Um, So I really just wanted to write a book about relationship. 
Mm. I teach communication. I've been teaching it for over a decade. And I, so I study communication as the vehicle by which we experience mm-hmm. relationships. I know way too much about how vital relationship actually is to our lives. It's not yeah. like this metaphorical thing that we need. It is physiologically and biologically. Right. This is true of both evolutionary biology and Christianity. You actually, it's not optional. Yeah. We actually need relationship in order to survive, in order to view your life as a good life or in order to have high well-being. You can't do that without healthy relationship. Mm-hmm. And so I was really excited. I was like, I really want to tell people about how they and why they need relationship. And my husband, who co-wrote the book with me, who has had a very different life experience than me mm-hmm. and also just tends to view the world because of his experiences a little sure. differently than me. Yeah. When I was telling him, we need people. And I, I got to tell people that we're cutting off the very thing that we actually need. And he just said, Heather, it's not that easy. Mm. And when he yeah. said that, and then was explaining, you know, just some of the things from his background that caused him to want to self-isolate yeah. or not even mm-hmm. want to, right? It's just his reaction to other potential threats is to isolate and protect mm-hmm. himself and put his armor mm-hmm. on. I asked him to write it with me because I realized that my part would only be one piece of the story. Yeah. And I really wanted some of his lived experiences to be told to, like you said, make room and honor this space that perhaps a lot of us have created in our lives, no fault of our own. Right. Right. You know, and y'all do, y'all come at things from such different angles yeah. that it gives this really full picture about why someone might, might be moved to flee and why another yeah. person might be um, encouraged to to hunker down. There were so many things that I underlined and highlighted and wrote down. Um, I love the scientific approach that you take to um, it, it may it, to me it makes it a little hard to argue with because you can say that okay so relationships are really important and you know this whole self reliance thing is a myth um, right no one we're not created to be lone rangers and you could quote a bunch of scripture about it for me just the way that I'm wired there's something about the science that I'm like yes. oh okay <laughs> that's just not someone's wise opinion yes. this is actually biological do you mind going through just a tidbit of can you elaborate on that just a little bit yeah i i mean the thing that jumps off of me the most is that um loneliness is the equivalent of smoking 15 cigarettes a day oh my gosh on your health and so there's lot, there's different ways to be lonely. One is just that I actually don't have relationships. Another way is that I'm surrounded by relationships, but I'm not connected to them, yeah. right? Which is a totally different type of loneliness, but our bodies yeah. process it the same way. Mm. And my what I hope to have communicated in the book is not like that we should feel shame for the yeah. reasons why it's easier to stay home and watch Netflix. What I want us to look at is the fact we are living in a world where three out of five, this is the National Safety Council, three out of five adults today say, I feel more exhausted now than I ever have. Yeah. I'm tired. Mm -hmm. And so it's not just, I think there's a lot of different things that play into this. It's not just COVID, right? It's not just that we have boundaries now. I think we're tired And we tend to make very different decisions when we're tired than we would if we're rested. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I just want us to kind of zoom out for a little bit and have everybody apply it to their own lives, but just look at some of the ramifications, the decisions that we may be making. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I loved that point that there, there's a stamina issue. 
Yeah. And to me, there's something about that that allows me to have more compassion for myself. I hope so. To just be a little nicer that this isn't some great moral failing. Yes. You know, um, this is the world that we live in. Um, a, a couple of more really wonderful yeah, yeah, yeah. quotes. Um, it, I I think this one's your husband's. But what if you're, by the way, whose name is Seth? My husband's name is Seth. Yeah. Oh, get out of here. <laughs> Look <Yes>. at that. <laughs> um, so you, he, excuse me, says, what if you're stuck on what is ideal Oh, I love and that you're quote. missing what is possible. It's so beautiful. It mm-hmm. and what what he meant by that in context was that something can shape you, but it doesn't have to define you. You know, yeah. like there's this thing um, that we can acknowledge and that and that might be terrible, but it doesn't have to keep us from all of this possibility or, or potential. Um, and so the idea that that disappointment, it doesn't have to determine tomorrow, I think he yeah. goes on to say. Um, and so I'm just wondering, Heather, if our expectations are too high, because um, you did such a good job um, mapping out or kind of laying this foundation of, you know what, we're up against a lot. Um, there's been a lot going on. We're having these grief responses. We wouldn't yeah. ordinarily be making the decisions that we're making now in different, calmer, more peaceful circumstances. But here we are. And, um, you know, just to go back to the beginning a little bit of we're letting this one instance of feeling left out exclude all the others. And now that being stamina related versus um, having a hot temper, you know, it's it's really more about stamina. How can we adjust our expectations, not just for our our, um, others, but also for ourselves? in the midst yeah. of all of this expectations. This is the biggest thing that I talk about in like an interpersonal communication class, because often we don't know what our own expectations are yeah. until somebody breaks them. Mm-hmm. Right. Then I think a lot of the times it's not that we are arguing over what is said, right. We're arguing over what we didn't say. Mm-hmm. And so a, an activity that we, I actually have people do in the book, but I always have my students do is to start setting what our expectations are. It's called friendship rules theory. It's a communication theory. And it says friendships are held together by the following of rules. Well, the, yeah. the deal is that typically in our friendships, nobody ever says what the rules are. Right. And we but have now, different rules, right? Exactly. And now I'm pissed. And yeah. now I am mad at you and you're yeah. a bad friend because you didn't follow the rules of the friendship that I never described to you. Let me give I an never, example. Yeah. So much. it might be for one friend that if you don't stand up for me when somebody is talking about me, you are a bad friend. And I say to my students, well, hold on. Yes, that might be true. But also what if somebody struggles to stand up for themselves? What if somebody's deeply introverted? What if somebody really doesn't like conflict and everything inside them as somebody's talking about you is, no, 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 I don't like this. I'm uncomfortable. I want to walk away, but they don't know how to get it out. Yeah. So is it fair to judge somebody, A, by a rule I never said out loud, but also by maybe something that's totally different than their personality would even navigate conflict for themselves, nonetheless, for somebody else. And so uh, just an, a practice that we should all do is think of what are five rules for me in friendship? Right. Maybe it's you. If somebody talks about me, I want you to say something. That's a rule for me. That's how I perceive you to not be a good friend. If I text you, I expect you to always text me back. Right. Whatever those rules are, write Uh them down, make them known to yourself, Mm -hmm. and then you communicate them with the person in your relationship. 
and let them tell you, Hey, this one's difficult for me. Or, Oh, I didn't know it. Have the conversation. But often what happens is we don't even, because we feel so offended that somebody has broken a rule that we never said in the first place. I'm weepy right now because, um, you picked one that is, I feel, um, really betrayed if someone does not stand up for me. Yeah. I think most of us would. But I think that comes from some wounded place of uh, of my own. Like, I think mm. that there's a woundedness there. Um, I don't think I'm wrong for, for wanting it. But right, I, right. I know, I know for certain that I, um, that there are people that I have ex- um, kept at a distance or straight up excluded because they weren't able to do. And when you said they have, they might have trouble standing up for themselves, this yeah. rush of sorrow just mm. washed over me and because you're 100% right. And so I am expecting something for myself that they can't even give to their own selves. What a powerful um, reframe. Thank you so much for that. Yeah. Um, but you know, the, I think that there's a whole lot of vulnerability in communicating those things yeah. that are important to us. I, you, you said you gave this example, which by the way, I'm on your side. Okay. Um, okay. And this example in the book, but, um, there, you give this example of, um, being left out of a, of a game night and you are, you're kind of joking with yourself, but you're like, do I really want to be the 30 something that's saying, I feel sad that I was left out of this game night. Yeah. But the answer to that is, well, do you want intimacy with these people or not? (laughs) Right. It kind of comes down to, um, you know, stepping over that vulnerability for what it is that we're craving now in practice. How does that actually look? Like, how does that conversation saying, here are my friendship rules? Yeah. <laughs> what are your friendship rules? Like, how does that actually look in practice? I mean, I think so. There's a, d- a bunch of different ways that we allow ourselves to express but also hiding behind various things. So one, it's called hedging and communication. And so an example would be to say, I read this book and this author told me, so I'm communicating what I actually want to communicate, but I'm putting up a hedge so that it's not me. It's really, I'll see you tomorrow. It's Heather. It's it's the book. So if you you think this is stupid, then you, we can both be like, oh yeah, that book was, that that was stupid. Right. But it's not me. So there's a lot of, another one is credibility. So I read this article and it said, right, that's how we say the things that we actually want to say without attaching them to what we maybe would perceive to be some type of rejection. But I'm just thinking about that particular relationship that I wrote about. And I can remember having a conversation with that friend and starting it by saying like, first of all, I love you. I want you to know, like, I love you. And I'm so grateful for everything that you've done for me in the past couple of years that we've been here. And I want to explain what I perceived to be a hurt Mm -hmm. that was caused. And then I said it and yeah. I know that like, it's, there's no way around. Unfortunately, I'm telling you, cause just cause I'm in a college campus, I hear this all the time, like all this stuff with roommates or friends. And so five of us sit this one person down. I'm like, are you, you think that's going to go well? Where four of my best friends say, we noticed this issue. Like I am on the defense now, right? This yeah. is not going, this it's is going to end nowhere. with fight or flight. This is right? a non-starter. So, one-on-one we sit down and we have the conversation and I let you know that I care about you and that's why I'm even bringing it up. 
Yeah. And do we always risk? This is why relationships right. are vulnerable in general. Right. There's always the risk that somebody may say, well, I think that's stupid. And I think you're stupid for caring about yeah. that. Well, now I know. Now you have the information that you need. Now I have the, now I actually have real data, not yes. the imaginary scripts that I'm creating oh, in my head. And what I hallelujah. want for us all is to just have real data yes. that we is can that make true? our decisions on. Yes. Yeah. Well said. Thank you for that. I, um, I feel like one of the, the, you know, in that communication of, you know, I can't strong arm your response. You're either yeah. going to gonna tell me something I don't want to hear or behave in a way that, you know, gives me the real information that I need to make the decision that I need to make. But now, instead of creating a war within myself because I didn't say the thing, right. it's, it's out there and we can either move in or move on. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So um, as we start to analyze, Heather, what has has shifted for all of us um, or fallen apart altogether, um, I love how in your book you um, just really give a lot of um, reasons to call it quits. Mm -hmm. Um, When... What are some of the ways I, I love the image that you gave of a door? Okay, so so we have this door, and this door can it can either it can be shut and it can keep harmful things away from us, um, which is good, um, but it can also keep us a little closed in. Yeah. And so I'm I'm just wondering what advice you would give on when is enough enough? Yeah. So the first thing I this is from chapter one where I had this incident where a friend had sent me a text message. It was like a screenshot of a text message conversation she was having. And she forgot to crop out Ooh. what she had said above oh. the message that she was trying to send me. So when I saw it, I had felt like as I read it, it looked like you were setting it up for somebody to say what they said. Does that make mm, sense? Yeah. And so I read this and I was really, this is a friend that I've had for over a decade. I was really hurt. Mm. And I called um, one of my best friends that I've had since third grade. Her name is Jewel. And I told her the story and I said, I, I should lay a boundary, right? Like I should give her a lesson in loyalty. I'm going to have to confront her on this issue. And Jewel said, you are within your right to do that. And I was like, that's right. Thank you. And then she said, or you could choose to look at this in the scheme or scope of your 10 plus year friendship. And yeah. you could decide whether this is an incident or a pattern mm. because incidents I think can Whoa. be forgiven, but patterns Heather should be broken. And I never said anything to my friend about the, t I just let it go. Right. I said, you know what? This was a single incident. I'm going to keep my eyes open. I'm going to see if this yeah. happens again, but guess what? It hasn't. And yeah. I think what I've noticed, even wow. in reflecting and writing that down, I realized like I've been the bad friend mm -hmm. and I've yeah. been the jealous friend. We've made and the I've mistakes, been the bitter yeah. friend and I've forgotten to call on an anniversary. I absolutely should have remembered. Mm -hmm. Right. And I hope my friends would look at me in the scheme of our year-long friendship and not just based on that singular incident. And so yeah. why is it so difficult for me to do that for somebody else? Mm -hmm. These are the decisions I think, it, it, the same thing with the word toxic is we we, we love the word toxic right now. Mm. And I there are absolutely toxic people in absolutely toxic situations. I think they are less regular than we've made them in our conversation. Okay, right? yeah. I think most of us are doing the best. At least, listen, I teach about, let's say like 200 
students every single semester. And one thing I've learned as I meet all these people, thousands of people at this point in my career is most of us are truly doing the best we can with the tools we have. Yeah. We don't need less relationship. We need better tools. Mm. Right. And we need to make space for people to develop the tools. We have to have the actual conversation of this hurt me and here's why, and then gauge somebody's response. Most of the time people will say, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry that I did that. That was so stupid. You're right. That was stupid. Mm -hmm. Right. We make space for that. But what happens is somebody will do something. We never even tell them that they did it. And then we'll call them toxic. Well, if a toxic literally means every time I'm drinking, words mean things, right? Every time I'm drinking from this, well, there's poison in it. Yeah. And the more I drink from this, well, the more it's actually killing me. Mm-hmm. So if there was poison in the water one time, that is a very different thing than drawing yeah. water. And every time I'm experiencing poison, which is it? Right. And so it's us having to have the internal conversation and really look and slow down yeah. and say, what's actually happening here? Yeah. Has this been excavated? Did this person mm-hmm. apologize? And I'm still saying it's a toxic well, even though they've totally turned around and gone the opposite direction, which mm-hmm. is it? But if we don't use language appropriately, we'll never even be able to have those conversations. But that's why I love vocabulary, right? Because it it allows us to label what we're feeling. Yes. Oh, that's so great. So what I hear you saying, the answer to that question then of when is enough enough, one thing to help you decide that is, is this an instance or a pattern? Yeah. Is this is this one thing or is this something that is going to eventually kill you? And I want to say, Allison, of course, there's there's certain incidents that you would say it's just, it doesn't, it was once, but I don't care. Sure. That one, but let's navigate that. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, I think, but I think more often in life, it's not. Uh huh. I think that the second thing of what you just said, though, is just that it, it is it an interior look? Because if you're just um, kind of this knee jerk, oh, that's toxic, because it's easier to block or oh, mute is. or whatever than yeah. it is to analyze. But but I think that analyzation um, is what's key. So even if it is one instance, if you have looked inside, you know, and made some determination for your own self, then um, you know everything's in place to take right. care of you. Yeah. Right. Um, but it, it is so much easier to blame something on the outside than it is to do Unfortunately. You know, what's needed. And yeah, I, I, I don't think that acts of avoidance are even um, uh, malicious. I think it's mm-hmm. an it's what you're saying. It's a lack of language. Yes. Um, it's an inability. It's a lack of skill, a lack of coaching, a lack of modeling. Um, I just yeah, we just don't know how to do it that well. Yeah. And so a really great point somebody made to me once is how often have your parents demonstrated apology to you? Right. Right. So like, like you just said, modeling, there's so many things that go into this. And if I've never even seen somebody really apologize, it might be difficult for me to do it. We have to have examples of, and so my, of course, it always goes back to whatever it is that you have or haven't seen at some point can I choose yeah. to break that cycle? Right. And so to demonstrate knew, something I haven't seen. Exactly. I knew that I was going to be a quick apologizer in my parenting um, for that reason. Um, mm. But on the, but the flip side that caught me a little by surprise is that kids are so lovely and precious and um, quick apologizers, uh, just because I had modeled it, that when they would apologize to me, um, but I'm still feeling the, the feels, 
<laughs> of um, of being quick to forgive, of, or it, at least acknowledging this vulnerable thing that these little people have done. So just the flip side of giving an apology, but also receiving one. Yeah, you know, m- modeling that too, or even of saying, "I'm still angry, but that was, but I love you, and that was a hard thing to say, and thank you very much. I appreciate it." We'll yeah, talk in a second. <laughs> That's so when my kids, when my kids will say, "I'm sorry," the one will say, "I'm sorry." I've had many times where the other one says, "Well, I don't forgive you." And Mm. they're like, mom, they didn't forgive me. And I'm like, because they're not ready yet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. So, and so that is me modeling to them. It's if you're not ready yet, it's okay. Yes. And then let's see how you feel tomorrow. Let's see how you feel (sighs) in two hours. Right. But giving ourselves space to acknowledge this hurt. Yeah. And I'm mad. Yeah. Right. But I'll see you tomorrow because the (laughs) relationship is valuable to me. Um, so I am dying to hear you in the flesh talk about this because I was like, what? This undoes everything I've ever learned about relationships. Weak ties. Okay. Oh, so so weak ties. We have been, I just feel like trained over and over and over again to believe that it is quantity over quality. And yet myself as an introvert, I would like, you know, rather be on my couch with a book than like experiencing the world um, through people (laughs) and handshakes and hugs and whatnot. But um, an introvert, I determine whether a day is good or bad on how many casual interactions I've had. So inside joke with a grocery store teller, love it. Uh, Complaint about teenagers or the weather with my mailman. Love it. If Uh I've had five of those little things, like this was a great day. So there is, I believe you when you say it, but there is, it just went against everything I know. Will you tell us about weak ties? Yeah. So essentially the strength of weak ties says that we, it's essentially what it's saying is that relationship is what matters in any which shape or form. So our close ties are those, if you think of a circle, it's those people that are in our immediate circle. And then our weak ties are people that are perhaps outside of that circle. So exactly what you just said, the mailman, my waitress. But what's fascinating is if we have a lot of weak tie relationships, we actually view our life as still pleasurable and better and have a higher well-being, which is not, it is surprising. But then when you think about the research that has always said, if you belong to CrossFit, if you belong Uh to yoga, if you belong to a church, you are healthier and happier. That has, we've always, Christians love that data. We tell people all the time, (laughs) if you're a part of a church, you're going to be healthier and happier. That What is a church? It's weak ties. What is my CrossFit? It's weak ties, right? So I say to my students, even if I, because so many of them are like, well, I don't have a best friend. I'm like, but you don't need one. Yeah. You don't need a best friend. What we need to invest in is wherever it is we can lean. And I promise Mm. you, if when you walk across campus, you're saying hi to three people as you walk across Mm -hmm. and that's a good positive interaction, Mm -hmm. you will start to feel like you belong. Yes. Right? And so the idea is just to stop I just think we have this hyper focus of leaning on where we can't, right? We Mm. look for the spaces where we can't lean. And when we do that, we miss all the places where we can. Mm -hmm. So what are those weaker ties? Who are those people maybe at your work that you can get a drink with after work or have coffee with after work? Why is that not valuable? Yeah. It's oh, it's such an important question. I was really, really moved by that. I, I've thought about it several times since. Um, so maybe one last thing, and then we can kind of start to wrap it up with promotion and things that you're hopeful for. But um, this has changed my life. And I okay. 
don't say it lightly. Um, this is just therapy now, Heather. Like, forget the podcast. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk it out. Um, okay, so destiny belief oh, versus yeah. growth belief. Uh-huh. Can I, I need to tell you, Heather, that I can go from my feelings are hurt to you don't love me and you never have, which is why I have permission to leave because this was not meant to be and I'm right. out. Right, right. Right. I can go to those places from zero to 60 and I know that it is so harmful and my long suffering husband just has growth belief um, naturally. Like that's just right. where he lands. It's just what he has. And so the idea of, um, you know, a, a destiny belief saying, oh, well, it wasn't meant to be versus a growth belief saying um, this is hard and we'll figure it out has completely reframed how I think about things. I'm so glad. I am I I would love for you to elaborate on it number 1, but number 2, Heather is this like cuz as I've been kind of trying to dissect it on my own like in my own spirit, is this some weird byproduct of purity culture and me like writing letters to my husband when I was 14? Mm. You know what I mean? Like what shaped that in me? I, I don't know the answers to that, but I fall so hard into that category. I don't, I, I don't think it's just you. And I think it's culture in general. I think yeah. it's love stories. I think it's this idea that we have okay. a best friend soulmate that just yeah. gets you, right? And if you don't find that, then, then perhaps there's something wrong with you. There's a lot okay. in culture that just wants just this one thing, a fair right? Time. And it's just, yeah. and, and I think we also like, we're just not honest about, how hard being a human being actually is. I would say the number one thing my students will say, or they'll feel disillusioned by is this idea that at some point, everything's just going to make sense. That's what they really Mm -hmm. think. At some Mm -hmm. point, it's all just going to make sense and everything. And I'm going to get it. And I'm like, I, I don't think enough adults, perhaps at least in my generation told me as I was growing up that there's not going to be a point where I just get it. Especially in my faith, Uh I grew my entire, I mean, I truly believed for years that God was going to graduate me, that I was going to be sanctified, that I was going to come to a point where it just was, it just, the well of living water would just overflow from me. I've never, what I found was I have to dig. Yeah. Nobody talked to me about that. Mm -hmm. And so if that isn't true of just even within myself, how I feel in my own spirit, I have learned that I have to dig to love myself. Mm -hmm. Of course, I'm going to have to dig at times to love other people. Yeah. Right. So I think what we have to do better is modeling that digging that says we can keep growing from here. If the other person is willing to keep growing, how do we stay committed to this journey? And man, I'm really convinced lately that life isn't about the destination at all. It's only about the journey. In fact, I would say the destination has been the journey the entire time. Mm -hmm. How do we navigate what we are given? That's it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you are, you're an expert. I feel like in this, in this really personal interior level, let's, can we, can I ask you one more question about culture in general? Because I feel like as a culture and with cancel culture and having perhaps lost the art of argument, how do some of your practices apply there? What do you, what do you have to say about cancel culture? Yeah. Well, first we don't 
So we don't win arguments, we win affection. A class mm-hmm. that I teach is mm-hmm. called persuasion. And I think yeah. this is where we've lost a lot, especially yeah. because of online. And I love online. Yeah. I have a show, Viral Jesus, where we just talk yeah. about the internet, right? But what we lose online is each other. And yeah. you become literally a profile icon. You're not a person. Yeah. So yeah, um, cancel culture, I think is this idea, uh, it's just in communication, we call it um, conflict styles of competitive, I win, you lose. I think mm. that's the only style we're using. Well, there's five different yeah. conflict management styles, right? Wow. Collaboration is actually the best one where yeah. I win and lose, you win and lose. Um, this idea that the only option is if for me to win, everybody else has to lose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That might work, I guess, in business. Um, I don't think it's going to work very well for you relationally. I don't think it's yeah. going to work very well for you in marriage. I don't think it's going to work very well for you in friendship or in family. Yeah. yeah, There's going to be times. And in fact, I think this is why Christianity is literally like the backward model. There's going to be times that I will choose mm. to lose mm. so that you can win. Yeah. We all want and change, it, but we're too afraid to die to ourselves. <laughs> right. Right. Everybody wants yeah. resurrection. Nobody wants death. That's well, right. this is part of it. This is, it's not the destination. The destination is actually the journey. And mm-hmm. what if more important than where we get is truly how we get there mm-hmm. and how I navigated suffering mm-hmm. while being kind to myself, kind to God and kind to the people around me. Can I do that? Mm-hmm. I think if we can figure that out, that is truly how we maintain the image of God. Yeah. Wow. What a beautiful place to end. Thank you so yeah. much. Do you mind um, closing with something that you're hopeful for? And then we will list all of the things that people need to buy um, for Christmas and give away as gifts and uh, subscribe and follow and all the things. Um, you know, what I- are you hopeful for, Heather? I am still super hopeful for this new year. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm really hopeful for 2023. I'm hopeful that we'll be able to find places of what I call like ruthlessly pursuing joy Mm -hmm. in whatever form that may come. I'm hopeful for myself that I can start doing that, that I can, I I told you I'm reading wintering. I'm hopeful that I can start embracing the cold and embracing Mm -hmm. the winter and stop resisting it and look around and say, wow, like it's beautiful out here. Yeah. Where would you like us to follow? Yeah. And yeah, go ahead. Um, I I know that there's a podcast, so everybody go subscribe to Viral Jesus and then follow along at... Oh, you can follow me on, uh, you can just go to heatherthompsonday.com and that will have okay. all of my Instagram, Twitter, newsletter, all that stuff. Heatherthompsonday.com. Um, go ahead and pick up two copies of I'll See You Tomorrow, one for you, one for a friend. Yeah. I was telling Shannon Martin the other day, I was like, listen, someone's going to surprise you with a Christmas gift and you're going to need to come up with something quick. Have one in your car and then you'll be all set. So grab That's two right. copies of whatever you get of Heather's. Um, I'm on my way to go by Wintering. Excited you about must. that. You must. <laughs> Everybody who's listening, please get that book, especially if you're going through a difficult season. Yeah. Um, Thank you, Heather, so much. You are a deep well of wisdom and yet a bright spark of joy all at the same time. I appreciate the really complicated work that you're doing with relationships. It has given me so much insight into some of my habits, good and bad, and I'm deeply, deeply grateful. Thank you so much. This conversation is going to bless so many. Thank you. Thank you. 
friends, you might not know this, but I wrote a book. It's a spiritual memoir of sorts and puts a modern day spin on old parables that are still so applicable to our everyday lives. Judgment, forgiveness, evangelizing, heartbreak, joy. I'd love for you to grab a copy. Head on over to Amazon and look for Rock, Paper, Scissors by Allison Sullivan. Good morning, Beefy. Beefy, beef, beef. Hey, hey. Hi, hi. Um, okay, so Heather is lovely. Fantastic. And wise. So good. We would love to be on her couch for an entire day. Yeah, totally. I There were a lot of things that were insightful to me. Um, mm-hmm. When I read her book, I was really excited to talk to her to dive in a little deeper. But um, the, the destiny mindset and then the growth mindset. Mm-hmm. So the destiny being like, oh, things got hard. That means we're going to have to work hard. And then we're going to get, and things are going to get better versus, or I'm sorry, that's the growth mindset, but the Mm -hmm. destiny mindset is like, oh, this got hard. It must not be meant to be. Right. Um, and so I know where I hang out. I know my tendencies, but I've never had them explained to me that Mm -hmm. succinctly before, because when Mm -hmm. I look at my relationships, I can see that people very rarely straddle these things. It's like, Mm -hmm. oh no, that person's tendency is to do this. So what that led to for me was kind of going back and examining a lot of the decisions I've made when it comes to, oh, you know what, that's that relationship's probably not for me. And getting specific about that analysis are these rules of friendship that she, that we all have in our head that we all hang on to. It's just that we don't verbalize them. We don't put them out loud. It's crazy how profound that was to, right. for her to make me stop and think about that. Of course, we all have that. But how could we possibly expect your friend to know it when you don't even know what your own are? Like You've right. never articulated it to yes. yourself, yet you're holding people to this standard that you have subconsciously made for them that you don't even know how to articulate. Exactly. And you know, thinking about when we hold these these things dear, how ridiculous to assume that everybody's holding the same things dear. We love diversity. We love how different our friends are from ourselves and from one another. We love Mm -hmm. that. We cherish that. Why would we ever assume that we're all just whole, you know, clutching the same things? So what I was thinking would be, were you going to say something? Sorry. No, I was just going to say, and we have different rules for different friendships, right? Yeah. I thought about like, I have different rules for you that I will figure out how to articulate than I do for, you know, friends that are, right. um, you know, more casual relationships. Sure. Right? Different so, sets of expectations. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So what I was thinking is, so we have been friends since we were eight years old in the third grade. We very rarely bump and bruise one another. Like mm-hmm. we just have really, really great communication and um, I think there there's a lot of things that go into that. There's a lot of trust. There's a lot of really good foundation. We right. love the Lord. We love each other. We are committed. We are kind. And we've done just a really good job over the years. For me, it's built on a great deal of trust. Like even mm-hmm. if things go awry, which again, they rarely do, I trust that you love me. So there can right. be this thing that happened or didn't happen or whatever. And it's like, well, that's true, but I know she loves me. 
Right. She talked about that too, right? She called it like an incident, right? As opposed to yeah, a pattern. Maybe a pattern. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I'm always going to expect an incident if there was ever any reason to, you know, right. pause for anything in our relationship. Um yeah. but that's not with everybody. Something I yeah. should work on. <laughs> right, right. But I was I was just thinking of what a gift it is because you and I really don't take a whole lot of credit for how awesome this has been for us. Like what a, mm -hmm. uh, you mm -hmm. know, like longstanding and mm -hmm. healthy, very, very healthy relationship this has been. We like completely chalk it up to divinity. Like this is mm -hmm. just a gift. I, I do Absolutely. not take credit for this gift. Um, but what I was thinking is that maybe we could model a conversation of what our rules might be, because I think that's an awkward conversation. So what For if we sure. just did it? Like you're okay. such a, a risk-free audience. Like I could say anything, you know, and, <laughs> and then people could kind of, you know, formulate their own. Okay. So I'm down. Beefy. Yes. I really want to love you all. And it has come to my attention that we hold um, rules, if you will, about friendship engagement, like that we all have things that are really, really important to us. And as someone that really wants to make you feel loved and known and seen, I want to follow your rules. I want to do a really good job. And I recognize that those might be different than mine. So can you tell me the things that would make you feel tempted to walk away from our relationship if they ever happened? I will say first and foremost, that just by setting up that conversation, you're like, yeah, nope, we're good. We good. That you wanted to ask <laughs> me that. Right. Um, but okay. So mine are, um, I need consistency. I need mm -hmm. to know who you are, what you need, what you give, um, lack of consistency for me is really hard to trust. Mm -hmm. Um, it feels inauthentic. And mm -hmm. so then it kind of feels like, what's the point in investing in this? If I don't mm -hmm. know what I'm getting or who I'm mm -hmm. getting. So I if think it's confusing. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Um, cause I want to pour in right. And, and, and commit and go deep. And so if I'm like, not sure what I'm going, it, it just, it feels like it's, it's, um, it's risky. It's risky. Um, mm -hmm. and it's hard to be vulnerable when you're mm -hmm. not, when you don't have that trust. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, lack of judgment, um, judgmentalness is, um, a, a, could be a deal breaker for me because, um, I just think we all need grace, right. And especially in a long friendship, there are going to be days, um, weeks, there have been years, as you know, in our friendship where I have just not nailed it. Um, but there have been more years where I've done some good things, right? And so I think just like the the lack of judgment in, in the moment for something um, and to have um, just uh, grace and, um, you know, a, a long memory, I guess, for anything mm. that's happening, um, mm -hmm. rather than just focusing on the incident, like she was mm -hmm. talking about too. Mm -hmm. Um, and then a know it all is tough for me, right? Mm. Cause if you know it all, you don't necessarily need me <laughs> Yeah, and it just feels yeah. like you don't like have somebody to like link arms with and do life with because they've like got it all figured out. Yeah. Right. And the, one of the best parts about friendship is to know none of it together and to work yeah. it out and to talk yeah. about it and figure it out. And so, um, 
somebody that has it all um, figured out is is tough. It's a tough yeah. one for me. It's good. Okay, so I'll phrase it a little differently. Beefy, we yes. have been friends for a lot, a lot, a lot of years. Yes. Um, I think we're doing a really good job and I think we communicate well. And I think that um, we rarely have um, friction, but I also think that we are always growing and we're always changing and we should always revisit and see um, how we're doing and what we could mm -hmm. be doing better. So mm -hmm. tell me some things that um, you value in our friendship and that what would be deal breakers and things that I can be doing mm -hmm. better. Mm -hmm. Um. So something that would devastate me and make me feel completely unloved. Now, because I know about growth mindset, I would try not to, in my destiny mindset, say, then that means you don't love me. And that's why I don't have to be friends with you. My hurt feelings give me permission to walk away. <laughs> so, <Just> like um, that. <laughs> um, so, but one thing that would devastate me is if you, I wasn't there and you were in a conversation where someone was um, being disparaging about me. Um, mm -hmm. Somebody had something awful to say about me, something untrue, um, what have you. And if you stayed quiet, that to me in my destiny mindset would mean you don't care about me. You don't mm -hmm. love me. Mm -hmm. um, another thing, and I think that this is, uh, this is linked. This is the same thing. Um, so that if that's defense, like you wouldn't defend me. Um, another one is, uh, talking about like, um, talking about me or being like, if you have, let's say we have a mutual friend and if y'all were to kind of, uh, feeling ganged up on maybe like if y'all were to have some conversation about me, um, that wasn't well-intended. So right. talking about me and then not defending me, like there's something about those things mm -hmm. when I'm not there, mm -hmm. not protecting me or believing the best about something about that feels really, really vulnerable to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, so that feels really important. That might be a rule. The third one is competition. It is competitive. Mm. If you, if we are not happy for one another with our right. successes, then I don't, I, I think that love is desiring the good of another. So right. it, they always talk about how, you know, there's a lot of people that will be down and out with you. But I mean, if you pull over on the side of the road with a flat tire, a stranger will help you change mm -hmm. it, you know, mm -hmm. but who are the people that are going to really celebrate if you, you know, won the lottery or let's say I, you know, get asked to go on Oprah or something. The friend that says, what are we going to wear? Like that yeah, to rub, me, rub, rub. <laughs> yeah. that to me is love. But the person that, it, that sits with that and feels angry about it or roots for my, you know, disapproval or, uh, you know, just disadvantages, um, mm -hmm, feels mm -hmm. really ugly. Like, I don't, I don't trust that. I don't believe that. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Um, is there something be, uh, can I, I think this is kind of funny because the, here's one okay. that does not matter to me at all, but I know it matters to a lot of people and I don't think okay. they're wrong. It just doesn't matter to me. I want you okay. to maybe think of one that doesn't matter to you if you have one. So, okay. um, I do not care if you lie to me, like <laughs> you can lie to me. <gasps> wow. Like I get why people lie. Like I just, I, it's fine. okay. That you, okay, I don't, well, <laughs> I'm, I'm here to tell you that I do care. And so I'm going to need you to not, I'm gonna need you to not apply that one to me. 
Um, um, I guess I think one for me is like, I don't need a friend to do everything with me and like be for everything that I'm for. Like mm-hmm. I can respect your space and differences on some issues. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, if you can do the same thing. So I think there's some yeah, people right. that really crave like homogeny with their mm-hmm. friendships. Um, and, and I'm okay with having some pretty yeah. significant differences. Um, obviously, if, if you are cool with mine. Yeah, that's that's really true for you. You have a quite a motley crew of <laughs> <laughs> Okay, yay, this was fun. That was good. Hey. I love you. Love so you. Yay. <laughs> Thank you so, so much for listening. Thank you for being here. A very special thank you to all guests and sponsors. A really special thank you to Taylor Schroll for mixing and editing. For more content, you can head over to Instagram at Allison M. Sully and TikTok at Sullivan Family TikTok. You can also check out Forte Catholic and subscribe there where you have a 25% chance of hearing me co-host. I am so grateful for all of the love and support that we offer each other here. Today's show was a production of Allison Sullivan in conjunction with the Forte Catholic Podcast Network. For more great Catholic podcasts, head on over to ForteCatholic.com slash podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts.